go watch Texas and Texas Tech play football. And I'm a huge Texas Longhorns fan. And if you know anything about me, uh, it doesn't take much for me to get excited, right? I get excited over little stuff. So this was something I was going to get really excited about. But the only thing was is that <laughs> the only big game I'd seen up to that point was like Farmington versus Piedra Vista, right? Like the biggest game I'd seen was a high school football game. And uh, I was going to get excited, and I was going to get hyped. But not only was I going to get hyped, I was going to look like I wasn't from Lubbock, right? Like I didn't want people to say I was a Texas Tech fan or even to say I was a, a minor Texas fan for that matter. So I was going to wear my Texas Longhorn mascot helmet. I was going to have my shirt. I was going to be painted up, right? I was going to look the part. If you go to the next slide. Oh, we're not even there. Yeah. <laughs> like this was me at 14 in Lubbock, right? And uh, if you're thinking, he didn't actually show up to the game like that, you're wrong. If you'll go to the next slide. Yeah, I was really in the stands like this. These are a few friends of my dad and my sister. Um, and you could just tell I didn't look the part, right? If you go to the next slide. Yeah, they obviously didn't want to be around me, and I, didn't, I don't really blame them. Like, they were obviously walking away from me. So my point is, I hope you didn't feel like that. I hope you didn't feel awkward or that you were wearing something obnoxious or that people were staring on your way in. I hope you didn't feel like that because, uh, you know, at a, at a small level, I believe that college students and as human beings, we want this feeling of belonging, right? We want to feel like, oh, I thought, I thought it was still up on me. Um, we want to feel like we belong, right? We want to feel welcome. I mean, maybe you, uh, maybe you joined an uh, organization for that specific purpose. Maybe you're part of a sports team because of that. Maybe, maybe you joined a major because of that, right? You chose a major because that's where you felt like you belonged. The only thing is, is that I believe that no matter what, and maybe seniors or postgrads or whoever else in this building might actually be feeling this right now, that no matter what you joined or no matter where you've been on campus or maybe even just being past a freshman, you start to feel this lack of belonging. I believe that as human beings and as college students especially, that we'll always be striving for that because I don't believe that we're from here and I don't believe that we're supposed to look like we belong. Now, I don't mean that from an AFC standpoint. You know, I, I hope that you came in, again, I hope you felt welcome. I don't mean that we don't welcome you in the AFC because that's not the point. My point is, is that you're not going to feel like you belong here because we're not from here. Amen? If you'll go ahead and pray with me so God can guide us tonight. Our Father God, I want to thank you so much for who you are, for loving us first and living the life that we couldn't lead and dying the death that we deserve to die. God, I hope tonight that my selfish words hit the floor and that no one would hear them. I hope that everything I speak is from you, God. God, we love you, we praise you, and we hope that we can glorify you in everything we do. In your precious name, amen. Now, I kind of want to unravel this idea because it may seem obvious, right? Like, of course, Tyranny, we're not from here. As a group of believers, we understand that. We understand we're not from here, and we understand that, you know, we're called to a higher place. But I don't believe that God put us here just for randomness, right, or for randomness sake. I don't think that he put us here to torment us. I don't think he put us here to, to torture us. I believe that we're in a specific area for a reason, right? And this is really prevalent in the years from 60 to 65 AD, not that it wasn't important before. But this was during the time where Nero had taken over in Rome, right? If you'll go to the next slide. Um, Nero's not the main point of tonight, but Nero was crazy. I just want to make that known. Like, homeboy doesn't even have pupils, right? Like, he looks pretty crazy. So my point is that, so Nero took over Rome at 17. That wasn't the crazy part. But Nero had some major, um, major issues with himself, or major confidence issues, if you will. And when anyone spoke out openly against him, he made it a point that he wasn't going to allow it. 
And so uh, at 19, he had his own mother kicked out of the house because, you know, you can't have mom cramping your style. You can't have mom speaking out against you. And mom didn't agree with him having mistresses and stuff like that. And so people openly spoke out against him. He kicked him out of the palace. And then when he got older, he, started to, he decided that he was going to execute people for doing so. He had an officer executed. And then it said, uh, you know, history has it down is at 21, he had his own mother executed. Again, you can't have mom cramping your style, talking about, it, about you amongst the people, right? And so in 64 AD, uh, history has it down is that Nero started a fire for his own amusement. And this fire was so huge that it, uh, it burned down three quarters of the city of Rome. And it burned for six days and seven nights. Now I want you to think of Las Cruces burning down three quarters of the way. I don't think it would take six days and seven nights. Rome was larger and more dense. Now I want you to think of Mayfield, uh, Las Cruces High, and Centennial High all burning down, right? And only Onyate being left. Like that would be an issue, right? No offense to Onyate Knights here. But my point is, is that it'd be a large fire. And if you go to the next slide, Nero decided to, to start this fire for his own amusement. Now, there was obviously some backlash, right? Like imagine, again, if Las Cruces were under fire, we'd want some answers. We deserve some answers, right? We deserve to know what happened, why did it happen, who started it, and where do we go from here? And rightfully so, uh, the people of Rome knew that as well. They deserved answers. And so Nero, to, to take off the, the pressure of himself and to shift the responsibility, he didn't want uh, people revolting against him openly. And so he decided to blame Christians in the early church. And this was really, really a big issue. And Peter writes to this, okay? Peter writes to uh, Christians that are outside of the, the city of Rome, but are still in the provinces of Rome. And he writes this letter in which we now know as First Peter. And if you go to the next slide, it says uh, in First Peter 1.1, 1, 1, it says, To God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. So right away he, he says, look, I understand y'all are in areas that you don't want to be in, right? He says, I understand you're, you're outside of the spot. Nero has forced you out of your comfortability, right? And then if you go to the next slide, it says in 1 Peter 1, 2, the verse after, it says, Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying uh, work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. So not only does he say, look, I know you're in areas that you don't want to be, I get it. But not only do I know that, God knows that. Not only does God know that, but God knew that you would be in this area. And right, like some of us may like relate to that. Some of us may understand that feeling. Maybe NMSU wasn't your first choice. Maybe Las Cruces wasn't your first choice for a career path. Maybe you're in an area that you don't want to be in. So it, com it comes to the point of, well, all right, if God knows I'm here, God knew I was going to be here, then what's the point? Why am I here? And Peter writes, if you go to the next slide, says in 1 Peter 2, 11 through 12, Peter writes, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So again, he says his foreigners and exiles, but first he says friends, like, hey, hey, like, follow me on this. We're still friends. It's okay. Like, you don't have to, to dismiss me. He says, as foreigners and exiles, again, you're in an area you don't want to be in. God knows that you're in an area you don't want to be in. What now? He says, live such good lives. Like, let people know that you look different, right? Like, take our, take our two uh, tourists here. Imagine that they're uh, getting off a plane in Hawaii. 
Like they, they obviously look different. They've got nice, uh, really tacky uh, shirts, right? They've got nice lays across their neck, a really funky uh, fanny pack. I also love the tan lines. Not only do I love the tan lines on their face, but you, like the tan lines above like his knees, right? Like it's a really beautiful sight. And if, if we had the opportunity to see their feet, we'd probably see some nice flippy floppies uh, or if they're like hipsters, maybe some nice chacos, right? But he says, I understand you may look like this. But he doesn't say, hey, hey, look, I understand you're in an area that you don't want to be in. He doesn't say, act like the people that are from that area. He doesn't say that. He says, abstain from that. And he says, live such good lives. Look different. So don't only look like this, but if it calls you to look like this in Aspen, Colorado in January, right? Like, look different. Look different. Live such good lives that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So what does that mean for us as a group of believers in college or a group of college students? Well, live such good lives, right? Well, what does that mean? Like, what is, what is a good life compared to what college or this culture says? Well, first we'd kind of have to define culture. Maybe we have to define what it means to, to live of this world. Of this world, like, guys, you, you understand what I'm saying is that, you know, maybe you're in an intramural game. Maybe you're in intramurals and, and you can't let someone punk you, right? You can't have someone thinking they're better than you because I'm Tierney Saley. I was a three-time All-State JV player for three years running. And I, I can't let someone think they're better than me, let alone if, if after the play they push me out of the way. Like, I can't have that. Like, bro, you must not know me, Right? Because it's about me and it's about my pride and I can't have people thinking that you have control of me. I can't have that. Girls, you don't get off easy either. Like maybe you're on Twitter, right? And maybe there's that girl that you don't really like and she knows a little too much about you, right? Like maybe you were friends before and, and you just, you can't stand her but you follow her so that anytime she says something that you know what she says, right? Or maybe, maybe she, she tweets something that's a little vague but it still looks like it's about you and so you have to tweet something like this, Right? If you go to the next slide. Like you can't have her know that, you can't have her think that she can tweet about you and not know. Right? Like you have to stand your ground because, you know, you can't have her thinking that she has the upper hand. You can't have it. Right? If you'll take that off. I don't want people laughing at me anymore. Um, so the next point, like, you know, maybe you're in a relationship and you argue for argument's sake. Maybe, maybe you just fight because I can't have my girlfriend thinking that she, she wears the pants in the relationship. Or maybe, maybe, you know, you're the girl and you're like, you know what, he didn't put a ring on this finger, so I'm going to go out with my friends, right? Because it's about me. It's about my pride and my selfishness. And culturally, that's what's accepted, right? Culturally, it's about you. But what if we were home, or better yet, what if home were brought to us throughout our daily lives? So think of that. When I think of being at home, I think of my mom and my dad being with me. I don't necessarily think of a certain, a certain spot, right? I think of my mom and my dad because I always feel at home with them. And so imagine my mom being with me all day. Would I say the same things I said today again? Absolutely not. I would not say the same things again. Why? I don't want my mom to know what I said about the person that cut me off in traffic I don't want my mom to, to hear the insults that I muttered underneath my breath at uh, Taos because I got shortchanged on eggs. I don't, want, I don't want my mom knowing what I do with my friends. I wouldn't want that, right? Because I don't live such a good life. 
Better yet, and you know, some of us may be saying, you know what, Tierney, you don't, you don't know my mom. Like, mom didn't raise no sissy, right? Like, you can't have, <laughs> you're like, I can't have you thinking that you know everything about my life, Tierney. Okay, maybe that's not the case. Or maybe that your mom would raise more hell than you would. Like, my, my mom probably fits in that category. But the point is, is think of this instead. When I think of the kingdom of God, I think of that being home. And so when I think of the Lord's Prayer and it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think of the idea that heaven could be brought down to us if we were to have the will of God on our minds. So think of that. Think of Jesus walking with you all day. Would you have said the same things you said today again? I wouldn't. I wouldn't want Jesus to know anything about me, right? I wouldn't, again, wouldn't want Jesus to know that I, I cursed out the, the guy who cut me off in traffic. I wouldn't want Jesus to know that I look like I'm from this world. I wouldn't want that. Or better yet, maybe I would say something stupid, right? Like I would say something like, you know what, Jesus, you get it. They deserved what I said. You understand? Because if I, if I don't say it, they'll never learn. Maybe I would say something stupid like that to Jesus and say, you know what, you get it, Jesus. You're my homeboy. You understand this. I'm not Jesus' right-hand man, but I believe Jesus would say something so counter to that. He would say, you know what, Tierney? You didn't deserve my grace. You didn't deserve my mercy. You didn't deserve my love. You didn't deserve my life. But guess what? I laid my life down for you, and I would do it again in a heartbeat, right? If there's anyone that knows what it's like not to be from this world, it's Jesus, if you go to the next slide, I apologize, there's no such thing as 1 John 18 through 36. It's just John 18, 36, but it reads like this. It says, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Right, like Jesus is the one that understands what it's like not to be from here. He's the one that understands so much more than we do, and he understands what it's like not to look like you're from here. You're like, Jesus is the one that when the Samaritan woman is with him at the well, he says, can I have a drink of water? And she's taken aback because Jewish men didn't talk to Samaritan women. And he says, look, 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 I understand. I've under I understand that you've been divorced five times, and I understand that the man you're with now is not your husband, but I don't persecute you. Look, what I'm offering is water that lasts eternally. Understand that I'm giving you eternal life. This water that you have here will not quench your thirst. This is the same Jesus that, well, that was terrifying. Um, this is the same Jesus that when the adulterous woman is brought in front of him, when she's caught in the act of adultery, right? He's the one that when they come up and they say, Jesus, you understand what the custom is. You understand what the law says. You understand that she must be stoned to death. And he's like, you know what? I completely understand what this world says. If you have no sin, throw the first stone, right? Like he's the one that's so full of grace and mercy and love. He's the one that stayed on the cross for you and I, right? He wasn't worried about himself like this world may say that we need to be. He stayed on that cross for you and I because he loves us and he's full of grace and he's full of mercy. My point of tonight is this, if you go to the next slide. My point is, you're not from here. Act like it. Live such a good life. Show some mercy and show some grace. Love people, right? 
love his children because we are all his children, right? He doesn't want some of us. He doesn't want, you know, all of us except for this group or an asterisk. He says, I want all of my children. So live as such a good life amongst the pagans that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may glorify God on the day he visits us. That's the call for tonight. You're not from here. Act like it. In February, there's an African-American man who is uh, in a drive-thru with his son, and uh, they're just picking up food. I don't know the entire situation. I didn't, I didn't read that closely online. But what happens is while they're ordering food, they hear from behind them, from a man in the car behind them, and he says, hurry up, you blanking blanks. And you can fill in the quote-unquote blanks there, right? And he says, hurry up. Minus the racial slur, right? Like if you take that out, that's still us. That's still me, right? Like if any of you know me, like when I get hungry, I get upset, and I'm impatient, and I'm immature, and I'll say something like, hurry up. I'll be impatient. I'll be hateful. That's what this world says. Hey, it's about you. You haven't ate all day, dude. You haven't ate all day. You're tired. You're miserable. You got to eat. Tell that person to hurry up. And then it's just followed by a racial slur that has so much hate. The man proceeds to pull up with his son to the cashier. And he says, you know what? I want to pay for the guy behind me. But only on one occasion, I want to write something on the back of his receipt. Right? If you're like me, you're like, this is Sparta. Like, kick him down. Like, write a note that says something so mean. Right? Like, Like, hey, I spit on your burger, but you didn't spit on his burger. You just want to mess with him psychologically. Right? Like, you want to say something like, hey, enjoy your burger in hell, big boy, because you're a jerk right? You want to say something so mean, you want to put this guy in this place. And this is what this guy says. We are not, again, quote unquote blanks. He says, we are not this, we forgive you. Enjoy your dinner, right? In 1 John 4, 10, it says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is love, if you go back to it real quick. This is love, Not that the guy behind him deserved this, but that he was shown mercy and he's going to show someone else mercy. He was shown grace, he's going to show someone else grace. That's the call of the gospel, is to love people as much as possible, to live such good lives. My final point of tonight, if you go to the next slide, and the next one, there we go. We are not from here. Thank God. Thank God we're not from here, and thank God that we get to be called to a higher place, and thank God that we're called to a kingdom where we have an amazing Father, that He loves us and He wanted to save us because He's so full of grace, mercy, and love, and that we get to show someone else that today and tomorrow and for the rest of our lives, so that though they may accuse us of doing wrong, they may glorify God on the day He visits us. I'm going to go ahead and welcome the worship team back up at this time. And if you need prayer tonight, Matt, the other interns, and myself will be in the back willing to pray with you. And we love you all. I don't know what your story is, maybe. I don't know where you've been, and that's okay. We really don't care. We love you. And we want to show you grace and mercy today. We want to show you love and kindness. And if you need prayer, if you want prayer, maybe you just want to come back and chat for a minute. We're totally welcoming that as well, if you'll pray with me. Our Father God, I want to thank you so much that we're not from here. 
Thank you that we're not from here and we don't have to claim this place as our home. God, you are so amazing, rich in mercy and grace and love. You lived the life that we couldn't live and died the death that we deserve to die just to treat us like your son. And you call all of your children back home, God. And we are not from this world and we don't have to act like it anymore. God, we love you, we praise you, and we hope that we can glorify you in everything we do. In your precious name, amen.